That's not who you want to leave as Hershey knocks it down. Nayamori, Skywalker, hanging in the air for the deuce. Puller rises in and puts it back as he crashes to the ground. Landvik ahead, Central on the back end, plus the foul. Look at the speed by Landvik. To the rim, counted in the foul. Hoyleen to foul below the hoop and the harm. Wow, wow, wow. What a evening across the Upper Midwest Athletic Conference. It's nights like tonight that prove why it truly is a league unlike any other. For the first time in multiple years, Wyatt, we had Wednesday night semifinals. We are literally recording this. We kid you not, folks. This is less than five minutes after Superior versus North Central on the men's side went final. All the games are in the books. We know who's advancing to the championship. But Wyatt, circling back to that, Wednesday night semis. I hope you're doing well. And how do you feel about semifinal Friday no longer being a thing, at least for this year? Oh, I'm happy with it. I think you either – here's the thing. We've talked about this. I think I don't think we did it in the last pod. I think we did it off the mic. But if you're going to do back-to-back, like Friday, Saturday, it's okay if it's at the same place with the one seed hosting all the games. But if you're going to go at different locations – yeah, let's let's do the Wednesday Saturday. There's no weather to slow us down or hold us back this time, so it's good to have a sense of normalcy. And boy, did these games deliver tonight, Ryan! So many takeaways and thoughts. So we'll we'll try and keep it brief, but man, a lot to unpack from what we just saw over the last couple of hours. Yeah, there definitely is, Wyatt. I agree, and I kind of missed the Friday night semis a little bit because that just felt so good at being on a Friday night end of the week to look forward to but now that it sets up a Saturday final I like that like we've talked about in the past the Sunday final has worked when it's had to be that way due to weather and other shenanigans the last few years but it feels right to have it back on a Saturday and this is always a day where I'm so scrambled at the end of the night trying to think of all the thoughts we got to get out with all the basketball we just consumed over the last few hours but that's a great problem to have. Before we jump in, we'd love to hear from you, even though we're heading down the stretch. UAO, the UMAC at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC at UAO, the UMAC. And Wyatt, the evening started about four hours ago out in Superior, Wisconsin. Standalone game, as our guy John Rostein would say. Love. North Central taking on UW Superior, the one versus the four. I had the Rams winning this game. I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Jackets won. You and I both caught at least some of this ball game to start off the evening. What are your major takeaways from the Jackets win over North Central, 72-59? They book their ticket to championship Saturday. Yeah, so I didn't see the first half of this game. Did watch the entire second half, and it sounded like North Central had a really strong second quarter, and based on the box score, that is the case. But in the second half, Ryan... Give Superior a ton of credit for the way they handled North Central's bigs inside. It was really tough sledding, and you just had a sense the Rams were really going to try and feed it inside. They only attempted nine threes in this ball game, so they really did want to get it down low, and Superior did a really good job of matching that. And then really, I mean, the story is Elise Bessonen in this game, Ryan. 25 points, it's a career high. We had talked about 
conference player of the year maybe for her or who was in that mix and I mean she's the best player on the best team and she just had a career day when it mattered most so I think that's got to be considered and go a long ways I know they vote before the conference tournament but it just goes to show the kind of player she is so hats off to her the play she made down the stretch and for whatever reason even when the door was left open Superior had a tough time scoring early in the third quarter North Central just never took advantage of it and it never really felt like the Rams we're going to win this game, to be completely honest. At least that's the way I felt as this game progressed forward. So hats off to the Jackets. Congratulations on this semifinal win. They did everything they needed to do. Really impressed with Elise Bessonen and then again the way they handled the Rams' posts inside. Yeah, totally agree, Wyatt. Lots of great stuff there. You know, Bessonen not leaving the floor for one minute. I don't think either of us are really shocked by that. Well, but yeah, a that, superior that, that's going to happen in the championship too. You would imagine she, she's got to yes. stay out there at all times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of these players you look at like a Charlotte Firstall coming into the program this year. They they haven't been in this moment before, so you never know exactly how you're going to have these players react and you have a player like Kalen Christian next to Besson in last year and a few players leaving last year's squad. You think of, um, I'm trying to think of another one that just left my mind, a, a dual uh, softball and basketball player too. It'll, it'll come back to me later. Maddie Sanders. Thank you. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I was thinking of. Um, Kukowski too is another one I was thinking of. So anyway, with those players leaving, Besson and obviously coming back and some others, but the Dobsons, the Madsons, the firstals of the world in this big role for the first time, with the bright lights, you can have a 13 and one season, be really, really good in the regular season, earn the opportunity to host a semifinal. And then obviously if you win potentially a championship at the number one seed, but you don't know how your squad's going to react in that moment with the bright lights and super impressed by coach Carpenter's club at the start they got, I thought it took a while in the opening half for North central to get their footing. Eventually they did. They had a really good second quarter to make this thing tight going into the locker room. And I told you, like, I think North Central's right there. And if they do these few things, they're going to be able to be in a position where they're in the game with five to go. Totally agree with you. Door was open for stretches in the third quarter. They really didn't walk through it. When they had a chance, when Superior's offense hit a little bit of a dip, North Central wasn't able to find a way to take advantage. Why? Shout out, though, to Caitlin Ryan. Oh, my gosh. I mean, 12 of 16. She's only off the floor for one minute. She was one of the only players for North Central who could finish with some contact or with some good defense at the 10. 31 points for her. I mean, just a huge breakout year for the Nebraska product. Led them in scoring this year. That didn't change tonight, obviously. And Caitlin Vlanderplug was good as well. I think there's some shots late that she wishes she could have back. But you remember what you and I said earlier this week. They need to hit at least a few timely triples. We know Davenport has the potential to do do so. Excuse me. She showed it last weekend for North Central in the final weekend of the regular season. They didn't shoot a ton of them as a team, which I actually liked watching this game from Coach Zabla's club. But to make just one three ball, it was from Davenport off the bench. She was one of four. But just one of nine, Wyatt, that's going to be really hard to win on the road. Now, that that's not their MO. So if I'm a North Central fan watching this game, I'm actually glad that they weren't shooting tons and tons of three balls, but that's not going to cut it on the road if you're going to knock off a number one. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you shouted out Caitlin Ryan. I mean, she did everything she could in this game to give them a chance, and she deserves that shout-out, but you're absolutely right. You have to make more than one triple. It doesn't matter where the game is being played at, and they just they weren't efficient enough from from outside, and again, just even down low when they needed to be in the second half. And and the other thing, really, the dagger, I even told you this, was at the end of the third quarter when uh, mm-hmm. Besson and 
it was somewhere between like half court and three. It wasn't from half court, but it was probably in between. And I actually thought the Rams played pretty good defense on it. They got a hand and made it difficult and just sinks it. And the place erupts and you're up seven now instead of uh, four. And I don't know. It just felt like they carried that momentum into the fourth quarter as well. And like I said, they just, they, they really had this thing in control. It felt like, so that, that play in particular will be one that sticks out. It just is mentally extremely, extremely tough to come back from something like that. Totally agree. North central had their chances. I still stick to what I said going into the game. I think there was a path to victory in a few ways though. They just didn't execute and they had that lull in the third quarter and to start the game in the first quarter where it took them, you know, seven, eight minutes to get their footing, and that cost you on a game like this on the road where you had a chance in the opposition. I would say what? I don't think Superior played above a B or a B plus. Good, not great performance from the Jackets. Would you agree, disagree on that? No, I, I actually somewhat agree with that because then I watched the Northwestern Morris game, and I thought both of those teams at times looked much better than Superior and North Central tonight. I actually thought that was a more entertaining game for a couple of reasons which we'll get into next but yeah I I don't think Superior hit anywhere near their best game or where their level of play can be which I guess is a good thing because they know they still have that in front of them but at the same time um, you're going to maybe want to have a better performance against Minnesota Morris on Saturday if you want to end up raising that banner and just a question about North Central for you. Where do you rate this season for them? Because, I mean, there's a lot of expectations coming in. They struggle at times. They do have the only win over Superior as of right now. They made the tournament. So, uh, overall, what do you think of their season this year? Yeah, great question, White. Um, I'd say like a B-. minus. I mean, I think there's definitely some good things, and you got into the tournament, but after you had a stretch when you go back earlier in conference play and you look into January after you beat the Jackets and it's looking like they had a really, really good chance to have home court, is this game different if it's in downtown Minneapolis? Maybe. I mean, I think that makes somewhat of a difference in playoff basketball. But the margins are so thin. I mean, when you get to the postseason, it's a few stretches here and there that's going to be the separation between you advancing to championship weekend or not. So I still think it was a good season in spurts, but you would look at a player like Tulsa in her last year as a captain. I, I don't know if she's a super senior or not, but, uh, and then, you know, the talent they had inside with Caitlin Ryan taking a huge step this year and then KVP and Kayla Hola, what they were able to give that, this team, it feels like there's something left on the table, but not like a total disaster either. So I, I would go like a B minus. What would, what letter grade would you have? I mean, it'd be right around there. I think there was definitely more to be desired, but at the same time, like I said, you beat Superior, the only team to do that up to this point. You looked really good at times. You you made the tournament. I mean, not every season ends in a championship, right? I mean, that's just, yeah. it's just the reality. So uh, all things considered, I don't consider this a bad year for, for North Central. What, one more thing before we move on. You can add anything else to if you would like to. Can I give a few shout-outs, Wyatt? Go ahead. I really don't have much to add, but, yeah, you go okay. ahead and wrap it up. So my few shout-outs have to do with how we consumed this ball game. So tonight, I actually, for a decent amount, with the start of this game as I was doing a few other things before I was officially able to lock in on the stream, and then for some of the end of the men's game, which we'll get to the Jackets and North Central men's game that just wrapped up here recently, uh, a little bit later on in this recording. But shout-out to Matt Johnson. I think they call him the big voice guy. He was on the mic on, I think it's KUWS, I want to call it, radio stream for the Jackets. Why? I think they're the only team in the UMAC who gives you the option of watching 
their stream, watching the game on the iFan Sports Network, or listening on the radio. So I think the radio play-by-play guy did a good job. He's very with it and keeping things in line and in check, so I appreciate him. And then a shout-out to Xavier in the booth. I don't know if anyone's ever going to deliver this to him or if he'll hear it, but I think he's a junior student. I've shouted him out before on the pod. I think I have. I know we've talked about him off the mic. He's been down on the sidelines sometimes this year, giving stat updates to the guys up in the booth. Always very with it with the color of the game and out of timeouts saying, this is what we got to look for. Here's where the fouls are at. Here's how the analytics play into this moment. Big shout out to him. And why I'll just leave it at this. The guy next to him in the booth who was calling the game play-by-play. I forget the gentleman's name, so I'm not going to guess. We'll talk about him a little bit later because he really had uh, a few moments in the men's game. And I will I will leave it there, and we'll circle back to that later. But an enjoyable experience consuming both the radio and live stream broadcast from UW-Superior. So shout-out to the Yellow Jackets on that end. Go ahead. No, they do a good job. They, they do a really good job with the camera work and – um, Xavier definitely for sure stepping into that role. It, 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 they were fun to listen to, no doubt. That's that's all I got. You ready to move on to semifinal number two on the women's side? I I am. I'm not sure if you are though, because oh, by the way, the predictions are wrapped up, right? <laughs> well, it's over. I know it's over. Yep. You, you missed both. Johnny, it's over. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had the Eagles in this one and the Rams. So you lost both of the ones on the women's side, and then we had the men's games the same, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So these were the two that Te- were technically I could tie. I could just go opposite from you when we make our picks for the championship. So. Well, I thought it But I, I wasn't playing for a tie. Oh, that's true. Never mind. I lost two no. games. What am I thinking? I was thinking in my head for a second. Yeah, I'm down four. It's over. It's Anyways, over. Uh, we watched the end of this one. Did you Did you watch the Northwestern Morris women's game like throughout the first half as well? I didn't catch much of the first half. I was locked into the men's game, but then the second half I watched some. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got lots of thoughts, but if you want to go first, feel free. Yeah, I'll be honest. I did the best I could. I had my laptop out, and I did the split screen where I had Bethany Northwestern on the men's side on the right side, and I had Northwestern Morris on the left side split down the middle, and I tried to pivot back and forth as much as I could. Problem was, Northwestern Bethany men's first half didn't have a timeout till two and a half minutes left in the first half, so I'm kind of waiting for like a moment to breathe and really absorb the other that. game and. Yeah, I know. It's not much of a shock, but it's just tough watching to try to totally keep an eye on both of them. What I would say in the first half, Wyatt, first things first, before I get into the game, talking about what happened at Jim Gremmel's court this evening. Best crowd that I have seen at Morris by a long shot. Now, hand up. Haven't watched every game this season. I've never been in that building, have a privilege to be there on site to see a game. But from any game that I've ever watched, that is easily the most people I've ever seen in that gym. And you could like actually hear it picked up on the mics that they had. And it felt like it made a difference, especially early. Now, you and I have talked about how experienced Morris is at some key positions. You think of the fifth years, Jay Quate, Sonny, as they call her, Jaden Sandro, some of the players that they have on the block as well. You think of a Mallory Anderson who's been around forever, does a little bit of everything, leading rebounder in the UMAC. And then you got, you know, Players like Matty Grove, who you and I think could be the conference player of the year, who's just a freshman, but coaches kids. So anyway, all that is to say, not just because they're at home, but because of their experience and the confidence they had after beating Northwestern most recently last Friday and then earlier this season at home as well, they looked like the more composed team from the start. 
And Northwestern started to get their footing then a little bit later on, and especially in the second half to make a run to make this thing interesting down the stretch. But throughout the game, there were little moments where you could tell, yeah, Northwestern probably doesn't do that if they're at home. Yeah, they're, they're a little sped up there where they don't have to be. And that's in large part due to Morris's defense and the pressure they put on you to make decisions, sometimes in tough spots where the Eagles just need to take an extra half second, take an extra second to breathe. Really consider, should I make this pass before I make it? A couple times, Taylor Shuck breaks the pressure. You and I saw it so often last Friday where she's humming down the floor. She gets a paint touch, and then she wants to kick it, but she's predetermining, I'm going to push this down the floor, and then I'm going to kick it to this corner or to this wing. Well, Morris read that really well. They got one big or two bigs in the lane by the time Taylor gets there, and then she's making the pass, and as she is, she's saying, oh, shoot, this is going to be stolen and taken the other way. But that's the decisions that Morris forces you into. All that is to be said, Wyatt, if I told you coming into the game that Northwestern would turn the basketball over 13 times, they turned it over 15 times Friday night, had a chance to win late. Remember, it was 25 earlier this year at Morris. If I told you they turn it over 13 times, would you take that if you're an Eagle fan? Yes, you take that. But again, you have to hit some outside shots. And and every single time they played Morris this year, they struggled from deep. Or maybe not shoot as many of them, but that's another discussion. Well, believe it or not, they didn't shoot as many of them tonight, and they still shot 26 threes. Sure. Yeah, they they shot way less in the second half. That's a good point. Because what what was it, 17, I think, in the the first half, they were 3 of 17. So they only shot 9 in the second half, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, my my big takeaways from this one, first of all, Ella Falk, huge shout-out to the freshmen. I mean, double-double. How many times did they just keep getting the ball to her in the middle? Or, or, you know, around that mid-range, and she just was cashing them in. Like, she was automatic. I actually thought they maybe could have gotten her another look down the stretch, and they ended up not. Yep. Um, so huge shout-out to her first and foremost. And then what really sticks out in this game is, again, Shelby Mortensen off the bench going 6 of 7 from the field. Ryan, two huge games for her against Northwestern now this year. Like you said, Maddie Grove, uh, maybe not the most efficient game for her, but still gets hers, gets into double figures, rebounds well. The plays in particular that stick out, the one that Jaden Sandrell cashed in off the board as the shot clock is winding down, which really ridiculous because it extended it to a six-point lead with under 30 to go. Otherwise, Northwestern's within one score going the other way. Correct. And so that, that entire sequence, so she makes that. And then Northwestern comes down and Hagen forces up a three, which, I mean, they probably could have got a better look or maybe done something different. But that that basically ends the game at that point. So that play really sticks out. And, I mean, I'm extremely happy for, for Jaden Sondral to hit that in, in that moment and, and to get your team to the championship game. And you got to imagine her parents, even though they got a foot in both camps, Ryan, got to be pretty pretty happy to see, see their daughter do that. For sure. And, and all things considered. She's the older one. Correct. Yep. So, the younger one's going to have a few more moments, we th- we'd yes. have to think, Jasmine. Yes, 100%. So, yeah, that play was big. And then do you remember Morris scored? I don't remember if it was a free throw or a bucket. And then Northwestern turned it over. Grove picked a pocket and then laid it in for two more. That was also late in the game, and that put it back to like a five-point game. So those sequences – in my opinion, were the two that stood out down the stretch of this basketball game. And I think Morris deserves a lot of credit for, again, making winning plays, playing to their strength inside, 
they protected the basketball. They won the rebounding margin. And, yeah, I, I mean, hats off to the Cougars, more than deserving of a trip into the title game this Saturday. Totally agree, Why Eagles continue to chip away, okay? They're down 55-45 to 45 going into the fourth quarter. Chip, chip, chip away. And then to go back to the sequence you were just talking about, they get a make from Ella Falk with just under four to go. They're within two points, okay? They go back and forth a few times, each squad getting a few shots or they can't score. And then you have the sequence that you're talking about, where Northwestern, after a one-out-of-two trip for Sandro, they're within three. It's 62-59. They're going to go the other way. Matty Grove steals the inbound pass, lays it in. Cougars go up by yeah, five. And now it's not yeah. it's not insurmountable from there, 64-59 with just under three to go. But a huge, huge play where Morris not only gets a bucket when they are hard to come by down the stretch in the fourth quarter, you're trying to hang on to a lead where you feel like you've been the better team throughout most of the night, but all of a sudden it's like, oh no, could this possibly slip away and Northwestern wins? Huge breathing room play from a freshman in that moment where you don't have to work for a shot, and it's just an easy gimme shot, and they obviously you know, still had work to do to finish it off the last few minutes. But, I mean, how many times are we going to say it that Jay Quate makes a couple timely steals? I mean, watching in this ballgame, somebody's going to come up with them with the pressure that they're getting, but five more steals for her for Morris. And as a team, you look, Wyatt, nine steals for the Cougars. It's not just that they're turning Northwestern over, they're getting it in their hands, they're trying to go the other way. I like what the Eagles did, actually, in stretches. i got to give Coach Call, Coach Peterson, and that whole staff credit. You and I talked about it earlier this week. If Northwestern's in trouble, give Morris a taste of their own medicine. The Eagles can pressure you as well, and especially if they want to do it for a long stretch. you got some good depth. If Landvik and Shuck are potentially tired, you can bring in Hershey, you can bring in Terry, you can bring in Pasternich. We've talked about Ella Falk off the bench. They go nine deep, and they go nine deep strong. Now, they didn't have the scoring around the horn that they needed to win this game, obviously, but I like that the Eagles went to that, and that really helped them to get them back into this ballgame to have a chance down the stretch in the fourth quarter. You're right, though. I mean, Lexi's going to want to have back a few shots, and there's none more glaring than the one from, what was that wide? Six steps outside the three-point line, top of the key. I mean, that was way deep. Yeah, that one, but I think about the jumper, too, where she was open on the baseline. Yep. And, and Good look. After here. she ball faked the three, you're yep. talking, then took a dribble to get the pull up too. Yep. And we're not here to harp on a single player or any reason. I mean, she's a big reason why Northwestern was where they were. I mean, she was conference player of the year last year. So, um, yeah, like you said, just some shots that she would probably want back in this game. But I, again, I just think Northwestern, for whatever reason, struggled shooting against Morris in all of their matchups this year. And maybe you got to give the Cougars credit defensively. But then at the same time, the shots just were not falling when they needed to for Northwestern. And, again, 6 of 26 from deep just is not going to get the job done. Yeah, it's a cliche, but you and I like the cliches. Why Sometimes it's a make-or-miss game, and that sounds stupid, and some people will roll their eyes when they say that, but sometimes when you're generating good looks, they got to go down. And i got to be honest, I can't shot chart as well and as confidently the looks that they got tonight versus what it was last Friday when you and I were in the building. But, yeah, I mean, Morris clearly will live with that, with the way that they defend Northwestern, and then they trust that they're not going to give the Eagles second chances. I mean, you look at the battle on the glass, it was a tight one in this ballgame. Morris was plus four. They're going to live with that. And going into this game, they're saying even if Northwestern starts really well from deep on the road, we think they're going to cool off. I mean, I'd be fascinated to hear what their conversations were like at halftime on Friday night in the Erickson Center, Wyatt, when Northwestern 
it was at least 40%, wasn't it? It was near that 40, maybe 41, 42% that they were from deep at halftime. And I know it cooled off to near 30% by the end of the ball game, but I don't know if Coach Grove and Lulu, his assistant, were saying to their players, like, we trust what we're doing. We're not changing the game plan. They're going to cool off at some point. Yeah. And then obviously they didn't have to have that conversation this evening in these sequences, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that that was a part of their whole conversation in the last few times that they've played Northwestern, but for a team that lost to them the last five times, to beat them three times this year and it's to hold on in a night like tonight where you needed it, it's got to feel real good for Coach Grove and that whole team. So tip of the cap to them. They were more composed, and they felt like they were more ready for the moment tonight. And Northwestern just quite frankly wasn't. I mean, mentally they weren't as there it felt like as Morris was, and that's you know big credit obviously to Morris and the leadership on that team. Just really quick, uh, Northwestern season does it feel kind of disappointing in a way. We gonna do the letter grade thing again? I know I always bring well, that up. I I don't need to give a letter grade. <laughs> if you want to give one, go ahead. I think it's a little bit disappointing considering what yeah. they had coming back and and to go nine and five and then lose in the semifinals. Um probably not the season they had envisioned yeah i mean i would say absolutely yeah it's disappointing i don't think anyone on that team would tell you it's anything otherwise and this league just keeps getting better each and every year and some people may say oh how do you actually quantify that and how do you actually know that well if you've watched this league for the last multiple years like you and i have Wyatt, we can definitively say it's gotten a lot better from top to bottom so wins are harder to get that being said you win a championship last year, you do it dominantly in the regular season, and you have two dominant playoff performances. It's way different to go on the road this year, but obviously that's what you played yourselves into because you weren't good enough to be one of the top two seeds, so Morris earned that right tonight. But for a team last year that only lost Megan McGow, big piece to lose, don't get me wrong, but to bring back everyone else and to have the depth that they had, and really for us not to see, I was talking about this with someone earlier this week, Wyatt, I think you can, for Northwestern, point at the game at the Erickson Center against North Central, and then a stretch of like a quarter and a half, maybe two quarters at home against Bethany. Otherwise, outside of that, I don't really think we saw this team hit their full ceiling at any point this year. And that's tough to do. You know, it's it doesn't just come magically like it does for, you know, some other teams where you're peaking at the perfect time in late February. I would say it's definitely disappointing for Northwestern. If you twist my arm, I would say I'd give them like a a CC plus on the year. And I, I just think it's because what they were capable of more, and it's a big reason, you know, due to credit for Superior and Morris, obviously, that they didn't get to that point. But they can look at themselves and say, yeah, we left some things on the table. It's, you know, unfortunate for some careers to end for players like Livy Groves, Riley Hershey especially. I mean, we saw them on the, the live stream, super emotional and the handshake line. But, Wyatt, I'm going to let you say what you always say in that moment. How do you view that because I totally agree with what you have to say about players letting it out I joke about emotion a lot we were talking about it with the final home games last weekend for Northwestern but how do you view that for a player's career that they know is coming close to the end and then it does come to the end after that buzzer how do you feel about seeing that emotion when it's all over well I want them to handle their emotion and not show up beforehand and leading up to a game and everything but then yeah when, when the game's over if your career's over it all kind of just hits you in that moment, and I have no issue with with crying, with with hugging, anything like that. I, I my last baseball game, I cried. I let it all out. It just shows that you care. It, it's and not everybody. You don't have to 
to be perfectly clear, in order to care. I'm not I'm not saying that, but I have no issue showing that. It's almost to be expected in certain instances when you pour that much into a sport that you love and and you just kind of realize that it is over. I mean, at the Division three level, Ryan, nobody's really moving on to play after college for the most part. This is it, and you kind of are on to the next chapter of your life. So, so hats off to the seniors for Northwestern, for North Central. Congrats to the careers that you had and, and for making it a lot of fun to watch UMAC basketball the last few years, so... Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. And, you know, not that I doubted it before. I know I picked the two other teams, but I guess home court means something, Wyatt. You know, last year it was Northwestern and North Central in these same matchups, but they were home and they ended up advancing. Tonight, the other two teams were at home and they end up advancing. I'll be clear. I think if Superior was at North Central, I still would have took Superior. Yeah. Now, being at home helped. Uh, I will agree, though. I think if this game's at Northwestern and not Morris, Northwestern probably wins. Really? I do. That's I fair. I'm, I'm not going to tell you no. Just well enough. But anyways, we can get to that later. We should probably keep moving on because I'm sure the men are, are patiently waiting for, for their turn. So we'll wait, just to be clear, we'll wait to pick the championship. Superior yeah, hosting Morris Saturday afternoon at 3 at the end. Okay, I got you. Which men's game are we starting with? The one that well, finished first? Yeah, I was going to say probably should go 1-4 again with Bethany Northwestern since that one wrapped up, and then we'll we'll catch the game uh, that just wrapped up before we hopped on at the end. Do you want to open up? I've opened I up can. on a few. How about, how about you open up on this one? I know you got a few things to say. Well, yeah. I mean, Sh- Shout the out game. the announcer first. Talk about behind the scenes if you want to. Well, they do a really good job at, at Bethany, as you know, Ryan, and they've got, again, great cameras. Did you know that they had a camera on the backboard? I think I've That's seen it from cool. time to time. I know they were joking at the start. Didn't the color guy say, look it, we got the guys on the baseline that we normally do, and then we got these few as well. It's like it's a playoff game or something. He was yeah. joking, but he was serious. He's like, we're pulling out all the steps, which I love. We talked no, about I that earlier too. this week. Treat it, treat it like a big moment like it is. I do too. So, yeah, they do a great job, great production work behind the scenes. The one thing that you always say, though, is you'd like a way to watch the game back. If they could have it on demand or in the archives, that would be helpful. But other Correct. than that, other than that, they do a – a tremendous job. All right, as far as this game goes, it was very similar. I felt like the first half was almost identical to the last time these two teams played. Bethany was not really in a rhythm offensively. I thought they settled and took some bad shots early in this game. Now, granted, that's the way they play. They want to play quick. They want to get in transition and knock down threes. But I thought Madsen forced at times. I thought Sagadal was cold coming off the bench to start the game, and they just really never had anything going and credit Northwestern for the way they came out and game planned and Nyamari had eight points right away early the seniors Pasternich Hoyleen were playing well I mean everybody was really doing their part for Northwestern in this game that allowed them to have a 38-33 lead heading into halftime I will say disappointing end of the first half for Northwestern Bethany has the final possession they kind of just let Patterson go to the rim And he's able to finish with the left hand and get it within uh, five. And that kind of started to maybe swing the momentum in Bethany's favor. The biggest difference, Ryan, is that Madsen and Sagadol finally got cooking in the second half. They were a combined three of 17 from the field in the first half. In the second half, completely different story. They end up combining for 40 points in this game. Besides Hoyleen's three-pointer right away to make it an eight-point game. Um, And then I should say Pasternich hit one as well. So they actually got the lead up to nine. Uh, really, it was all Bethany in, in the second half. Nielsen was an absolute monster, just showing why he's going to win player of the year. 20 
one rebounds. Just insane. Nine offensively, and even Matthew Bauman, who we were talking with throughout the game, Ryan, our statistician, he was telling us his impact defensively is just tremendous. How Northwestern has to kind of stop before they can get all the way to the rim. Even in the first couple minutes of this game, he had like three blocks or two blocks right away. It was amazing how he was challenging Northwestern at the rim. So not only is he grabbing 21 rebounds, he's defending at a high level. I mean, his impact on the court tonight was incredibly visible. And then, yeah, just slowly but surely, Bethany was able to get back into this game. They finally take the lead, and then all the momentum is going their way, and there's a questionable call on the baseline as Elijah Burns gets called for a charge. Coach Gross gets a technical foul, which we don't see very often. And uh, Sagadal, being a 94% free throw shooter, makes both. And all of a sudden, a score after that in the lane, and it's ballooned up to a nine-point game on a 13 to nothing run, and it's 60-51. to And from there, they just kind of cruised and kept that lead, Ryan. It never really got closer than six the rest of the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they use the home court to their advantage. So credit to Bethany for hanging in there. They never really looked phased in the second half. And uh, they just did what needed to be done. And, and again, it, it was very similar to the first time these two teams met. I thought that Bethany struggled early. Northwestern did what they could to have a lead and had a really good game plan. But eventually the better team took over and did what we kind of expected them to do in winning this game. Yeah, a lot of great stuff. I agree in a lot of ways with what you're saying. In a way, it kind of reminded me in spurts of what Minnesota had at Purdue last week. I know not everyone watches D1, but and surprise on the road. Yeah, well, and yeah, you get a big in some foul trouble. I mean, you and I were talking about how big it was for Northwestern to get Ackley and Nielsen with two fouls later on in the first half, and you're saying, what if you can get one of them to pick up their third soon? That would change this whole game on Hunter White. Is it possible for me to say that a guy that goes for 14 and 21 with three blocks, that that doesn't even show how dominant he was? Because that's honestly what I think. Like, yeah, he had three blocks, but it felt like a whole new level tonight of how many other shots he affected, which I know he always affects so many shots that you're not going to see on the stat sheet. But, I mean, just incredible. I don't know what else to say about the guy for how much he impacts a game if you watch it for how the team has to play so differently with him in the lane where they're pulling up and knocking into the tin in places where they're like, he's just going to eat our lunch money. And, you know, Henry Fombola knows that full well more than anyone else because you may look at the stat line for 24 and purple in his last collegiate game and say, where was he? Was he not awake? Was he not ready to go? Just look at 31 and white. That's basically who I would direct you to for so many things that the Eagles couldn't do at the tin. Now give them credit. I think Northwestern came out really well, Wyatt. They were ready to go. Give Coach Groves and his staff credit. Obviously they were going to come out with their heads on fire knowing they needed to start well. They were aggressive. They were playing with physicality. They were getting kickout threes, but they weren't forcing them. They are getting some finishes in the lane. And that's what I felt like Bethany was doing in the first half. They were forcing some threes. Early shot clocks, they were putting up shots that they didn't have to because they were shooting threes that weren't off of kickouts where they had a drive and then a step into it off of a kickout. No, they were putting up shots that they quite frankly didn't need to, but that's what we see from time to time. I don't know if it's fair to put it as kind of a laissez-faire type of leadership from you know Coach Garvin or whatever guys may be on the floor where it's just kind of we're doing whatever we want to offensively and we'll get in a rhythm eventually. There was a concerted effort coming out of the locker room in the second half, I felt like, to not settle, to get to yeah. the tin. And then when they did do that, Man, did they kill the Eagles on the glass in the first six, eight minutes of the second half, Wyatt. I don't know how many times they had two, three looks at it, 
And a big reason why, again, is 31 and white. You don't get 21 rebounds for nothing. I mean, you look specifically at the stat sheet. He had nine of his 21 rebounds on the offensive glass. I think if you look back in the first six, eight minutes of the second half, it felt like he had four or five of them in that stretch. I could be wrong. But just a nightmare for Northwestern where even guys who've been so good the last few leagues, like Andrew Kohler, most frustrated I've seen him in weeks because he could not find a way to do enough, even though he's trying to be as physical as he could, even when you feel like you have a body on Nielsen, reaches over the top, he's got a long rebound, and they got more time to work with, and that killed Northwestern. And then they get their footing, they see a couple shots go down. All of a sudden, Jax Matson and Drew Sagadol, like you said, get it going in the second half, and it's a freight train going downhill really fast. Eagles made a nice run later to get it a little bit closer. Bethany, especially a guy like Jax, you look at his free throw numbers down the stretch, he could have shot it a little better. For Bethany on the evening, he was 4-7. That left the door open a little bit, but... Yeah, like you said, never really in doubt when. What did they have it at? 60-51, to 51, I think it was, they extended yeah, once, it up to? Once they got it to that, I, I feel like they were they were in control the rest of the way. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at Northwestern, you know, we said it off the mic talking about it. I felt like, you know, you look at Lavelle, Hoyleen, and Iamari. I said two out of those three guys got to be 20-plus. I know that may sound absurd, but it's going to take something kind of absurd in a way offensively to win. Iamari got 21 Lavelle got 14, Hoyling got 13. Not not bad between those guys. And Micah Pasternich, I mean, playing as confident as he has in a long time. End of the season. Tip of the cap to him. He finished his career well. But it was going to take a lot to finish it off. Wyatt, I want to throw this at you. This is hard to look back the last few years when Bethany has had good teams, but it's you know come up short in some spots. I think about the team that was in the semifinals a few years ago at Northwestern with Brian Smith in his last game at Bethany. Kyrie Mayfield on that team. Jared Milinkovic when they fell at the Eagles and they were the four on the road against the one, just flip around this situation. The maturation that we have seen from Coach Garvin and his demeanor on the sideline when things aren't going well early, Mm -hmm. it was so noticeable to me a few weekends ago at the Erickson Center, and it was similar tonight. Feels like his guys are maybe forcing shots a little bit. Northwestern's making a couple three balls. They're the ones on the aggressor and talking a little bit because they're feeling good about how they're playing. Steady Eddie the whole way. Never really changed his emotion whatsoever. And I think that has an effect on your players on the floor. Because I think he, you know, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I think he's thinking something along the lines of, we got everything we need right here. I don't need to push any buttons right now. If I have to do that later on in the game, I will. But there is no reason for me to panic until we get way later in this ball game. And I'm not even going to, you know, get on the verge of, you know, doing anything to put doubt into my team that I think we have this moment handled. So just to see the maturation process that he's had, where his team has now taken these steps the last few years, where they are the top dog in the UMAC, they clearly have the most talent. Everyone knows at the North Gym it's going to take a monumental effort, even when you have really good stretches like Northwestern did for almost the whole first half, it's going to take a ton to beat them. But it all starts from the top. And I think Coach Garvin has grown a ton the last few years for this Bethany team and his squad on the floor responds where they don't panic even when they're not playing great. They find a way eventually to turn it on when they need to. They play and they carry themselves like they're the best team in this conference, and they are. So, yeah, I think a lot of that goes and reflects back on their head coach, Coach Garvin. I think he does a tremendous job of that, and they never panic. They they always have a sense that they're going to find a way to get it done and win the game. And, and there haven't been a lot of spots this year where they've been – down in the second half where they've needed to maybe put themselves in a position where they could be pressing. But when that situation does come, they handle it very well. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, just hats off to, to Coach Garvin and the way Bethany handled it again tonight. They did a tremendous job. Um, and for Northwestern Ryan, I mean, look, I, I had the two teams that are in the championship back at the beginning of the year as my pick. So I, I think for Northwestern, considering they started especially 1-5 in, in conference play this year, to, to get bounced in the semifinals but to make the tournament, I, I would say this, this wasn't a bad year by any means for the Eagles, and the seniors have a lot to be proud of. And uh, they, they had a good run for, for Northwestern here these past few years. So so hats off to them on good careers and maybe not the way they wanted their season to end, but I don't think there's really anything to be ashamed of if you're an Eagle. Yeah, I totally agree. I'd give them probably a B on this season. You can maybe argue for a B plus. I don't think you can put it close to the A line when you lose in the semifinals. But, it was just so but, up and down though, right? Like so inconsistent. Yeah. For sure, and it, it finished really well. But you got to remember the totality of the season and the position they put themselves in, where you got to go into a hostile environment tonight, where it's going to be really, really hard to put forty minutes together to win. I mean, on a ten point skill tonight, I would give them like a seven and a half or an eight. I think they did a lot of things right. They just had a few moments where, especially in the second half, they got cold from deep, maybe forced it a few times. Shots weren't falling. And then when Bethany gets going downhill fast and they get multiple chances at the 10 and they're rolling, it's really tough to slow them down. And you're thinking, is this ever going to end? Because they're just delivering jab after jab after jab. And we're trying to stand up and continue to spar, but it's really tough right now because we want that bell to ring and go back to our corner because I don't know how much longer I can hang on. So, yeah, it's going to look a lot different for the Eagles moving forward without Fambula, without Hoyleen, without Pasternich and... We'll see. I mean, the cupboard isn't bare for them moving forward. But, yeah, I would give them a, a B on the season, I think. And tonight I'd give them a 7.5 a a or an 8 for their performance. But if you're going to go to Bethany and win, and we'll talk about this in a little bit when it comes to the championship on Saturday, you got to be at at least, I would say, a 9, if not a 9.5 or 10. Because then on the other side, you're going to need Bethany to not be at their best. Last question I have for you. We gave them a C, maybe a C-plus for what they did the last time they played Northwestern on the road. Tonight in the playoffs when their best was required they delivered in the second half don't get me wrong but in totality their 40 minute performance tonight you knowing what they're capable of Wyatt what would you say if you want to give a letter grade you can but otherwise how far from at their best was Bethany tonight well, it sounds like you want me to give them a letter grade so I if will. you don't want to you don't have to but well I'll give them a B Second half was second half was like you said they came up they did what they needed to do but yeah I mean they they still didn't shoot like they're capable of and uh, for some reason they just the last two times they've played Northwestern and maybe that's a huge credit to the Eagles and what they've been able to do but Bethany has not looked like themselves necessarily so I I still think it's just a B and uh, I do expect them to come out and play better in the championship game which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, I'll be brief. I would keep it the same. No higher than a B. I'd honestly maybe even go a B- because they can shoot it a lot better and they can come out a lot better than they did tonight. But, hey, they, they did enough to win, and they were really good in the second half, so give them credit. All right, last one. Last one. I will be honest go with ahead. you. This is this is the one that I saw the least of, but, man, oh, man, what a finish, Wyatt. I mean, we're going to get into the whole game, but tip of the cap golf clap to coach becker and his club finger snaps as you would say if you want you can do it into the microphone well, I, I, I can't do the mess, finger snaps so, our, yeah. our audio levels too much or anything <laughs> with those but that's yeah fair. holy cow what a frantic stretch down the end i mean that's north central basketball that's the way they play mm -hmm. yeah and keeping up when you know they weren't down in as much of a hole as they were the last time they played at the jackets where the jackets almost had a colossally bad collapse to lose that ball game 
but similar again where you're down double digits in the second half, backs up against the wall. What are you going to do in the final 10 minutes? Can you make it interesting in the final five, the final three, the final two minutes? They made it interesting, Wyatt, all the way to the end inside of 10 seconds. So I just want to start there. Big credit to North Central for making this thing interesting. But I got to be honest, first things first, I saw next to none of this first half and even started the second half because I was locked in on the other games that were happening. Well, I'll say this, and I didn't catch a ton of it either, but I know it was 25-24 to 24 in favor of Superior, and then going into halftime, they were able to extend that to a nine-point lead, so they go on a huge 13-5 to five run to end, and then in the early portion of the second half, they even pushed it, I think, to like 14 points at one point. I'd have to look at the play-by-play, but it, it really felt like they were in control, even all the way up until like the 10-minute mark or so, and then North Central, they just slowly started chipping away, chipping away. They were getting steals, and you'll have some comments maybe to make you said about the announcing down the stretch, but... The refs were letting them play. They were letting them be physical. I mean, this was a 10-point game with 3.58 to go, and North Central just slowly started getting turnovers, started making stuff happen. And next thing you know, after Holtman hits a three with 1.26 to go, it's a two-point game. And all of a sudden, Superior's fighting for their lives. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, great, great fight back from North Central, never really quitting, never giving in. Uh, they showed a lot of toughness in this game, but, Superior, I mean, what do you need to win in the playoffs? You need good guard play. That's my opinion anyways. You need your guards to step up no matter how good your bigs are down low. And how about the freshman Max Briggs? I mean, Javon Walker is Javon Walker. He had a good game with 18. But Max Briggs, Ryan, 6 of 7 from the field, 19 points, 5 boards. Ends up fouling out of this game, actually. But unbelievable performance on the biggest stage for the freshmen, I mean, who who could have predicted that, right, at, at the beginning of the year, like you said, or even go heading into the night? So it's those kinds of things that put you over the top and have Superior back in the championship game again this year. Yeah, I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card coming in for the freshman to do what he did late in the season and then to earn the trust of Coach Polkowski and get the minutes that he did in this ballgame. Super impressive from him. And, yeah, obviously they did enough to hang on down the stretch. But, you know, physical game like you've already mentioned, Wyatt. And, yeah, I mean, shout-out to Xavier again. I mean, I, I feel bad in a way for a junior college student, I believe he's a junior, sitting in that spot to be – um trying to keep the broadcast on the rails from time to time to be honest and just keep it focused and I say that because the head play-by-play guy you know he he had some things that he was upset with with the officials which is okay and then he's questioning if he's being monitored by the UMAC which I don't know what that means again this is what he said he said I apologize to the UMAC if I'm being monitored I really apologize after he was talking about the refs which I don't think I've ever heard that before and then Wyatt literally North Central has called a timeout There's four seconds left. They're drawing up a play to try to get a three to tie the game. And you can hear the guy. Again, this is just what happened. We're not making this up. He answers his phone as he's getting a phone call, slams down the headset, and then we hear 15, 30 seconds later that it was a call from TJ Moberg's grandparents, the the starting guard for the Jackets. And so Xavier's just left hanging, trying to talk about what's happening coming into this play. I mean, I... I never expected that coming. I know the guy likes the shout-outs that we've heard from the past, and, you know, they do a good job. It's just 
I don't know. It's just fascinating. And it was a bizarre end to the night, to say the least. So, anyway. Yeah, it was. I mean, hey, credit to Xavier, though. He was capable. <laughs> yes. I mean, he, he stepped yes. up and, and did a really good job of holding it together during that stretch. But uh, bizarre, to say the least. I, I've never seen somebody answer a phone call with five seconds left in the game. Um, yeah. When you're live on the Could end. it have waited? But, uh, Could it have waited? Yeah. You know, I, I hope, you know. T- he said it was TJ Moberg's grandparents. So, Which grandparents, is great, but just call him back five minutes later. Yeah, the I, grandparents I, of the player that's on the court are calling you. Are and, calling. And you answer it. That's, that, was, that was hilarious, remarkable, to say the least. But uh, I hope if he's in the same spot, and we're going to talk about the championship on Saturday here in a second, because I think he's probably going to be on the call again Saturday for the women's final against Morris. Don't answer your phone if someone's calling you and you're on the air. Maybe during halftime, I guess it's okay if you can get it done quickly and then get situated to get ready to go for the third quarter. But maybe that doesn't happen on Saturday. But again, for like the third or fourth time, I'll just say shout out to you, Xavier. I hope you're back in the booth on Saturday because you you held it together tonight in both games. When it could have got off the rails, you you were locked in and given all sorts of good tidbits. So. Anyway, one very last quick thing, like you said, uh, at the very end, North Central is trying to set up a play for a three. You always like to foul in those situations. I actually like the idea of playing it straight up there just because since there's only 3.8 seconds left, I just think you just play it straight up and and, and try your luck. Who knows? If you go for a foul right away, they put a shot up quick. It's different, in my opinion, than them dribbling all the way up the court and then fouling. I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. And I'm glad you brought that up, Wyatt, because it is an interesting, you know, thing that people go back and forth on for what you should do in that spot. I, do Do you I, remember they they got the defensive rebound with 21 seconds left? I'm looking at it now, and they were down by three. Then would you have fouled in that spot? Because remember they rotated it. They tried to get Holtman the look. They swarmed him. Do you remember the open look that Remy Wedgworth Brown oh, really? got in the left corner? Because yeah. then he misses. They got the rebound, and that's when Coach Becker called the timeout with four seconds left. But when they're bringing it up. 15, 17 seconds, 12 seconds, if you want to wait for it to get down under 10, like you say sometimes, would you have fouled then if you're Coach Polkowski before it was timeout with four uh, seconds cause, left? Because you gotta, you got to do it where there's not enough time really for anything else to happen. Like if you foul with seven, eight seconds left, they could still make both and foul you or get a steal or something. You know what I mean? There's not, there's too much time left, I think, in that, in that point. It's got to be under five seconds, but... I, I here's the thing with the timeout too. It could be a really smart timeout, really good. It gets you collected and gathered, but at the same time, it allows the defense to reset too, off of a rebound out, out on the three point line. So I don't know. I I have a tough time with that one. I don't think there's a right or wrong decision to it, but it almost could have been better. You could argue for North Central to continue to let that one play on at that point with with four seconds left. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was the right call by Becker, actually, because where they got the... I don't know if it was in Simpson's hands or who it was, but his back was turned to the basket. There are two guys on the perimeter. It was going nowhere, so he just said, all right, I'd rather... If the season's going to end, I'd rather at least we have a shot out of the timeout, and they'd ended up getting no good look. It was McNeil in the corner, and I think the shot was deflected or blocked. He was in a straight jacket. They had no chance. All I'm saying is, if that shot goes down from Remy Wedgworth-Brown with six seconds left on the open look they got after Superior over-pursued on the perimeter on Holtman... And it's a tie game and, you know, forbid for Superior, but they could have gone on to lose that game in overtime. 
Colts Pukowski's not sleeping, and he's regretting wow. that decision for days and days to come. So, I again, we, we can disagree on that point. I, I'm with Rothstein in a lot of the instances I foul because crazy nuts things happen down the stretch, and I would rather trust my ability to go shoot free throws on the other end and then try to get a stop when they come back down the other way and just deal with whatever that is. But, yeah, it, it depends on every circumstance. You're right. Yeah, no, that that's fine. We don't have to have to get into the weeds anymore on it or anything but uh hats off again to north central with the way they fought all year. yeah great season and um what, yeah. what letter grade would you give them i mean we talk about letter grades for their season to get into the postseason i mean I, I think you know both you and i can honestly say we we questioned if this team had what they needed with how good the top of the umac is to even get into the tournament yeah i i mean i'd say b plus for sure uh, i mean there were a lot of questions, and I think they did a really good job of answering them throughout the year. And, again, you lose a guy like Cam Thomas, and he doesn't even play for much of the conference season, and you're still able to do what you did. So I, I think they deserve a ton of credit for the way that they uh, played this year and to get to where they did. And I mean, they were right there until the last very uh, minute against a team that, who knows, I mean, could surprise a lot of people on Saturday. A very, very good superior team, and they were right there the whole way. So... Hats off to North Central. Yeah, I'd give at least a B plus, if not an A minus. I'm glad that you mentioned Cam Thomas not being in. No one beat Bethany, so we're not going to look at Bethany. They next to had Superior down the stretch, and Walker got a call, and he made a free throw down the stretch to win at Downtown U. You sweep Crown. You beat Northwestern one out of two. I mean, you go down the line with what they did with the group that they had. I'm so impressed by what Coach Becker did with that club. And I there was a lot of unknowns and egg on my face. I was wrong about them going into the season with what they were capable of. But I think if you're a Ram fan and you're being honest, and especially with how good the top of the UMAC is, I know you wish you could have won the game tonight and not been down double figures in the second half so you didn't need that kind of comeback. But I think you got the right guy. I will say that. I don't know if you'd agree with me on that, White, but I think yeah. Coach Becker is the right guy there for what he's proven his first few years at NCU. 100%. He's he's done a tr- tremendous job. I got nothing else, Wyatt. We can move on to a Championship Sunday. Fun night, though, nonetheless, even though my predictions weren't great. I said Sunday. Sorry, it's Saturday. Thank goodness it it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> you're, you're too used to it, I guess. I don't have to wait that long. It's good. It's Saturday. That is good. Which one do you want to do first? Are we going well, women's or men's? We should probably go back to the women, right? And, and do the ladies first, and then we'll wrap up with yeah. the men. Okay, sounds good. I mean, I can go first if you want. I'm going to be very quick because I, I will break it all down after the fact. And when it comes to the women's game, I'm taking Morris. I'm going to take the Cougars to win this Ooh. game against the Jackets. I really like what I've seen from them down the stretch. Remember, Maddie Grove did not play the last time these two teams met, and Morris still almost won the game. She's a difference maker. She plays this time. Morris gets it done on the road, and that home crowd that is so excited to maybe see the dynasty be reborn, to officially cement it back in place maybe, is going to be disappointed because Morris is going to get it done and win this game. Give me the Cougars in a little bit of an upset on the road. That's an interesting way to put it. I like how you did that. Re-cement the dynasty and doing it with a head coach who was a part of that dynasty mm-hmm. on the floor. And she's saying, ah, I can re-kickstart this thing. So you're saying, watch out, Wyatt. If the Jackets win on Saturday, watch out. A new dynasty may be beginning. Is that what you're saying? It's kind of like the whole <laughs> Nick Saban thing. Until he's officially gone, 
he's never really gone, right? And now Nick Fair. Saban is because he retired. I was gonna, are you comparing Nick Saban to Emily Carpenter where she was gone no, as a player but, but ending her career, but now she's the coach? You know what I mean? Or, 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 okay. I mean? Use any example you want from sports. I mean, you could use a hockey team like the Pittsburgh Penguins won three titles in five years or whatever it was. Until they're officially dead, they're still hanging around. And Superior's been hanging around, and now they're back to – where they've been, familiar territory, and they got a chance to win it on their home court. And I think a lot of people expect them to, but I just think Coach Grove's going to have his team ready to play, and I think Matty Grove is the difference, and Morris goes in there and they win this game. So from the request from Mr. Bowman, i got to ask, is there any way I can go, I know I said double or nothing before, can I go triple or nothing? I know lost, I'm four right? games back. What, what if I pick the other team and they win by 15-plus? Does that give me something? Sure. There's Superior nothing I can do. beats Morris by 15-plus, you can have three <laughs> points for this one. Whoa. Should I just pick them just for that sake then? I'm thinking you're going to pick them anyways, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Why do you say that? Because I'm the guy who took North Central to beat them tonight, and clearly that didn't happen. I think your eyes have been open. My eyes have been open. You've seen the light. And I haven't seen the light with Morris? No, I think you have with them too. But <laughs> I think you're going to play into the whole idea that Superior's at home. They're going to have the crowd behind them. Elise Bessonen's been on fire, just had her career day. And I think you're going to pick the Jackets. But, hey, tell me if I'm wrong. So I want to go back to something that you said earlier, Wyatt. I think for stretches it was more competitive is probably the wrong word. Um, Better played basketball back and forth between Northwestern and Morris. And this is so tough to compare two semifinals where it's two teams playing each other for the third time and both teams know each other so well and that can play into lower scoring or scoring droughts because there's next to nothing separating teams that know everything there is to know about each other. But I think you may have something to that. And to go back to the shot that Jaden Sandrell made with under 30 seconds left to put her team up six tonight, a possession's going nowhere. It feels like the game may be slipping. You may lose in regulation or go to overtime against Northwestern if that shot doesn't go. But end of the shot clock, she just throws up a prayer, a heave from way downtown and banks it in. First thing I thought when that shot went through the net, maybe it's their year. Not just beating Northwestern three times, getting over that hump, getting back to UMAC final. Remember, Coach Grove was in a UMAC final a few years ago after they upset Hannah Geisfeld's Bethany Vikings. And they were oh so close to winning at North Central in the final. They go on the road again, Wyatt. So some of those players have been in a spot like this. You look at a Sandro, you look at an Anderson, you look at Jay Quate. All of them were there a few years ago at North Central. Yes, you have Maddie Groves to throw in the mix. Shelby Mortensen's off the bench. Players who haven't been in this moment before but got to experience a playoff win tonight. So I'll go on that experience again. And that Coach Grove has been there before. You got a guy that's been around forever and is seen next to everything you can see. I don't think they've won a UMAC title, though, Wyatt, since 2015, that being Minnesota Morris Women's Basketball. I'd have to double-check. We know they're always in the tournament like they are this year. So there's still that wrench with Coach Carpenter. She's in her first year, okay? Done an awesome job. I don't think she's going to crumble in the moment, but it's still a factor going into the game, especially if it's tight, especially if Superior find them, finds themselves, excuse me, down six or seven points. What if Superior's down by seven or eight halfway through the fourth qu- or third quarter, I'll even say? How do they respond on their home floor if they're not performing great in that moment? I don't know some of those answers. I feel like the start of this game, the first five, six, seven minutes, 
are even more important for the Jackets, which may sound dumb, than Morris on the road. Because Morris can ratchet up that pressure and turn it another dial if they need to. I don't know if they're going to go full bore, full court pressure. White, you and I have talked to both of these coaches earlier on in the fall. It's fascinating because both of these teams are so comfortable with their pressure and both of them could full court press the other team and it's not out of their identity. Would you sign up for that if off the jump, Wyatt, both teams off of every made shot are full court pressing? Would that be entertaining? Nah. No? Nah, I would. I, I think that'd be entertaining. I don't want to see that kind of a game. Well, the, it's not going to continue for the whole game. And what I just said is ridiculous. I don't think either team is going to be putting on a full court press off of their first made bucket of the game. But it would be never know. interesting. I would never see it coming. All it is to say, I just can't get out of my head that one shot from Sandro. So I was going with Morris the whole way. I, I'm picking Morris in this game. I feel like down the stretch, especially if it's tight, I trust them more to close it. And I question what Superior will do if they're down six or seven halfway through the third quarter, if they're down by a possession or two heading into the fourth. Not that they're going to absolutely fold, but I feel no better about any other defense in the UMAC to defend and try to slow down Elise Bessonen. And the last point I'll put behind picking Morris in this game. You remember, Wyatt, what they did a few weekends ago without Matty Grove playing superior they almost beat them going back to that performance that's going to serve them well going into this matchup you have Matty Grove it's a different spot it's not in Morris like it was in that ball game but they lost 66 to 64 without Matty Grove they held Besson into 14 still had a good game to lead the way for superior but they turned them over 18 times if they can turn them over near 20 times going to be tough to do on the road don't get me wrong I feel like if it's close down the stretch I like the chances of Morris winning a tight one in the final minutes more than I do the Jackets, and that's why I'll pick Morris, and I could be wrong again, and the Jackets win at home again, and they say, take that. Not that they care what I think. Well, we'll see if it ages well for us or not. (laughs) I mean, it could go really well, or it could backfire. We'll see. I got nothing else on that game. Do you do you yeah. want me to give a score? Do you, I mean I know we I'm like to say margins. Kind of a score. This I'll say team. it's within seven. It's within a touchdown and an extra point, and we'll see from there. I was right on that, by the way. Where you you told me I, I it could be double digits either way, or it could be a buzzer beater. I don't know what it's going to be. Morris and Northwestern. At least I got that right. I didn't get the prediction right, but it was tight to the finish. Well, it was, but it wasn't. Like Morris was up by double digits for the majority of the second half until the you know final well it was a three-point game with under 30 seconds left so if that prayer from sandro doesn't go the yeah the eagles got it down three with 20 seconds left it got to that point but it wasn't necessarily always you know a close game yeah that's fair men's game you ready for the men's game i got nothing else on this one you go first I think okay. I think that's only fair. I went first on the women's game. Okay, so I think yeah, that's fine. Give us your breakdown. All right, Bethany's really good. We just learned. I just learned tonight that just they're really tonight. good. Now you know, yeah. And I agree with you that uh, they probably didn't play over a B-minus or B-level against Northwestern. They still won. Superior wishes it wasn't as close as it was down the stretch, but you got to give them credit for trying to find those five that are going to work. Reed Johnson off the bench trying to hit some triples. We talked about it earlier in the week. Fahrenholtz, Barker. Walker have been there, done that. Cornelius got good experience as well. If they can get some production again from Briggs or if it's someone else who's unexpected, I think that's going to be needed in this game. I would be very surprised if Walker goes for 
25 plus. I just think Bethany is going to key on in, in on him a ton. He had a great game in the UMAC final last year. Can he heat it up again in that gym? Soft rims, get a few shots going early. Yeah, it, it's not impossible for him to score 27, 28. I just feel like Bethany is going to say, we're going to force anyone else. I mean, the rest of the team to, to try to go beat us in this ball game. I mean, why you look at tonight's game that took place at the Mertz, and I know we're not talking about North Central anymore, but, you know, they gave up a huge, massive game. As you said earlier this week, Javon Walker went nuclear in that ball game against North Central. They adjusted well tonight. I mean, you know, obviously Walker was still good for the Jackets, but they held him in the ball game to 18 points. I feel like it's going to be something like that for Bethany as well, where he's not just going to totally take over the game. So it's going to be up to the Fahrenholtzes, the Reed Johnsons, the Max Briggs, the Andrew Cornelius's, the Barkers of the world to do enough, and that's a tough ask. Just like it was for Northwestern, we said you may have to score 80 probably. Actually, 85-90 is what I said, and they didn't get to any of that in the game this evening against Bethany. I feel like maybe that's the difference in a game like this where Superior's defense can be a step higher than maybe what Bethany's seen recently, whether it be from a Northwestern tonight or what they've seen in the last few weeks. But this is going to be so tall of a test for the Jackets. I won't make my official pick, I guess, right now, but do you have any other initial thoughts before we officially predict this thing? No, I mean, it's going to be an uphill climb for Superior. They're going to have to play an almost perfect game like we've talked about with any team that goes at Bethany. You're going to have to shoot it well. Nielsen's going to be a problem inside, but if there is a team to do it, I think with Walker and what they have at the guard position, and then you know if Fahrenholtz can can have one of his you know big time games, I, I think they could absolutely pull an upset. It's just going to be such an uphill climb against this Bethany team, who again, like I said, I think is going to play better than what we saw tonight. I mean, they just beat them by seventeen not that long ago, so I. It's going to be really tough for the Jackets, I think. Is there a path to win? Sure. It's just not very likely. Yeah, they beat them by 17, and they held Javon to 14 points on Saturday, and they were dynamite in the second half. So if they're going to put up 85-plus, I don't see how Superior is going to put up that many. I think they got to win this game in the upper 70s at most. They're going to put up, how do you hold Bethany to under 80 points at home in a gym that's going to be rocking on championship Saturday? I honestly don't know. I think I agree with you. Slow the tempo, yeah, that's something to watch early, Wyatt. That's a good point. Can they make this more of a half-court game and grind it down? I'll cut to the chase. I think Nielsen's really good again. He slows down Fahrenholtz enough. Bethany slows down Walker enough on the perimeter. It's a game with 10 minutes left. Bethany is within 6 or 7. Not Bethany's within. Superior's within 6 or 7. But Bethany just has ways and ways they come at you. 87-70 it was this last Saturday. It's literally a week later, same spot, but with everything on the line, I will say Bethany beat Superior for the third time this year, 89-75. It's tough to beat a team three times in the same season, Ryan, but it's a lot easier when you're the Bethany Lutheran Vikings. Give me the Vikings. They'll win this game. Expect them to shoot it better than what we saw tonight. I think they explode offensively. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do to try and slow this game down or what game plan you have. They're undefeated in this conference for a reason this year. I think that they're one of the best teams we've seen in the UMAC in a really, really long time. This is a team that could make some noise in the NCAA tournament as well. And I just, I I really do think the Vikings are going to win this game. And I think they win win it somewhat handily as well. 
Yeah, we both agree on that. We both could be wrong, but I mean, I don't think anyone can say that you would actually sit in this chair and pick against Bethany at this point at the end of the season. And then we can talk about for whoever advances how good of chances they have of making noise in the NCAAs. But we'll get there when we get there, Wyatt, because guess what? March is a privilege and March is earned. The February frenzy still deserves some attention for at least, well, not at least, one more day, period, in the UMAC this season. Correct. And it doesn't look like we're going to have any weather delays, so it should go on as scheduled. Have you gone deep into the forecast? I haven't gone that deep, but I, I would agree with you. I don't see it being an issue. I'll just okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And if it is, I know in the Twin Cities it's going to be real nice this weekend. I think it should be good in Mankato and Superior too. If it does become a problem, people can let me know and and yeah and yeah throw egg in my face. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, thanks so much to everyone for listening uh, throughout this season. I know people normally like these uh, instant reactions, us getting thoughts out as soon as possible, so hope that uh, is the same for this one as well. Let us know if you got any questions, comments, concerns, feedback moving forward into Championship Saturday and beyond for however long the UMAC teams go in the NCAA tournament, UAOTheUMAC at gmail.com. Find us on the X machine, unlike any other, the UMAC at UAOTheUMAC, and uh, let us know what you think of the product you listen to each week. Appreciate you. Only question left to ask, will it be the Jackets or the Cougars? First things first, late Saturday afternoon, raising the hardware. And then Saturday evening in Mankato, will it be the Vikings to cap off a perfect, unbeaten through the regular and postseason run, hoisting the hardware once more in the North Gym? Or will the Jackets pull off the shocker and go to the UMAC tournament on the backs of a win that we have not seen in years, it would raise many eyebrows across the league if UW-Superior can win Saturday night in Mankato. This is why they play the games. We will wait and see what happens. We cannot wait to watch it unfold this weekend to come, and we look forward to talking to you next time, breaking down UMAC hoops in a league that is unlike any other.